Hi, welcome to Pass the Brain Cell, a podcast for five idiots pass their collective brain cell and explain why our weird media fixations to each other. My name is Remy, I use they, them pronouns, and I... And I... You you can just say something. My favorite animal superhero is Darkwing Duck. That's good. (laughs) My name is Lucy. Um, My pronouns are she, her. And I am from Tennessee. Good fun fact. Yeah, I think so too. I'm glad that everyone knows to hate you now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. everybody knows that I'm a backwoods hick that fucks cows or whatever now. <laughs> well, aren't you? You were thinking it. I actually I was wasn't. Oh, I was. I was I was picturing it. It was hot. I, I don't think. Uh. <laughs> oh, only the cow from uh, Barnyard can get it. No, no. <laughs> What's He's his my name? favorite animal superhero. Is it, is it Otis? <laughs> Kaylin, introduce yourself. Okay. Introduce yourself, Kaylin. Uh, I'm Kaylin. Kaylin. My pronouns are she, her. And I cried over Justin Bieber today. Really? Oh. Today? Today. Yeah. Now what, now, what song? Paint us a picture. I was listening to the song Lonely on his uh, new smash hit album, Justice. Um, it's been out for a while, but I was still listening it to it today. And uh, I don't know. I, I cried. I cry every time I hear that song just gets me i'm so happy for you i don't really me too uh i just cried because of him i don't know what else to say yeah there's nothing to say i get it what more can you say you don't none of you have listened to the song so you don't get it no for sure i don't know it yeah i've never cried before so i've never i don't believe you actually (laughs) no my tear ducts are like sandpaper on the inside (laughs) on the inside yeah, there's like tumbleweed going on. What are they down. like on the outside? On the outside, skin. <laughs> skin. Yeah, when I when I cry, uh, because because it's like all built up because I never cry, it's like a gel consistency. Ew. <laughs> it's just a goo. Oh, okay. I'm going first this week, huh? Okay. Let me open up my. By your notes. own decree. What? By your own decree. I know, but I forgot. We don't have. Yeah, to but. But you decreed. So this week I am going to be introducing you guys to reality shifting TikTok because it will not leave my for you page no matter how little I interact with it. Okay, cool. I don't <laughs> I don't know what this is. Me neither, oh, honestly. God. So I think we're in for a treat. Okay. I was I worried think that we you are. guys would have like seen videos because some of the commentary YouTubers are like picking up on it no, now, but I don't use TikTok. I'm a boomer, so <laughs> okay so basically the, the shift talk they call themselves shift talk <laughs> community revolves around people who are trying to shift realities through the multiverse that's the conceit um, of it so okay. it's mostly like teenagers and have they have literally gone so stir crazy during the pandemic that they're <laughs> astral projecting good for them they That's genuinely believe say. that, like, there is a multiverse, mm-hmm. and every possibility exists, including universes in which you are in a fictional universe. You know, it sounds like this is piggybacking off of my thing from the last episode. 
which is cool. This is not piggyback. I've never piggybacked. So you're saying this has nothing to do with the DC Comics multiverse? I am saying this has nothing to do with the DC Comics multiverse. This is real life. But but there would be there would be a universe where it does have something to do with the DC Comics. Exactly. <laughs> you got me. Multiverse theory so is I think not you something lied. you fuck with. I I want you to continue, but real quick, I just want to say I don't fuck mm-hmm. with multiverse theory. It scares the shit out of me. Oh yeah, Maybe you should have said scary. that last time. I'm saying it now. Maybe you should save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so. So yeah, they genuinely believe that it is possible to, uh, to shift realities if you, it's, it it has to do with the, it has to do with a lot of TikTokers jumping on the, I don't want to call it a trend, but on the, the train of manifestation and like diet witchcraft and just like, they believe that if they affirm enough, they can just take their consciousness and like, whoop yeah um and most of the tiktoks surrounding these are um about methodology so so many i was like i was scrolling through the hashtag before this just to like refresh myself and um a lot of it is just people saying well if this method they didn't work for you try this method and just for posterity my main references my main resources are TikTok and Wattpad. So, you know, peer-reviewed, empirical studies. <laughs> yeah. Factual. So evidence. these are all So these are all like 100% factual. And I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take a minute to list for you. There's like a big old master doc on Wattpad that I found and I'm going to go ahead and list for you all of the methods listed on here. And I'll go ahead and explain any of them if you want me to to backtrack and explain them, okay? Okay. So we have uh, the Raven method, which I will explain later because that's the most popular one. The okay. piano method, the Sunni method, the pillow method, the stairs method, the train method, the sage method, the elevator method, the Estelle method, the double-sided staircase method. All right, I'd like to hear about the Estelle method. <laughs> you want to hear about the Estelle method? Yeah, wait, are there more? I'm sorry. Oh, there are more. Uh, okay. Okay, so the Estelle method is get into a comfortable position, play a song that you could slow dance to. It's best if you, so it's best if maybe you don't play Gucci Mane. And that's <laughs> DR. Okay, hold on, I need to explain some terminology. So DR is desired reality. That's the reality you're trying to go to. CR means your current reality. It's the boring shit we're stuck in. Mm-hmm. All right. Imagine someone from your DR holding their hand out and offering you a dance. Picture the two of you dancing together. Really feel the music and the dancing. Once the song is over, hear the person you're with say, you must go home now. They will lead you to a big, fancy door with a gold handle. They open the door for you and signal for you to walk through it. Once you walk through the door, you're immediately your desired self. You will be surrounded by white light. It may even be blinding. Do not open your eyes yet. Feel the light, the warmth, and all of your happiness and symptoms. Repeat affirmations such as, I am going home, I am shifting, I am almost there, etc. You may feel like you are floating or falling, still do not move your body. When the white light seems to disappear and you are sure that you are in your DR, open your eyes and you will be in your desired reality. Wow, um, this sounds... Um, uh-huh. You know, if they're having fun, more uh-huh. power to them. Well, okay, a problem that I've been seeing is that, like... 
half of shift talk is people like <laughs> saying I've and I've been trying for months and it just hasn't worked but I'm keep I keep trying and here's some different methods that I've tried I've got so close with this one I got so close with this one or it's just people like straight up saying like I went to Hogwarts for five years <laughs> okay <laughs> You have infinite power of reality shifting and you choose to go to Hogwarts. Oh, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, okay. So then we have we have the Alice in Wonderland method, the Julia method, the heartbeat method, the siren method, the melt method, the cloud method, the tunnel method, the hug method, 11 method, eyes method, railed method, ADHD method. Um, okay, I method. want another railed Wait, method. I'm sorry. It's what, Do you get railed? No, get it's railed literally. your desired I went ahead and read that one. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking kidding hey, me. Lucy, do you want to try the railed method? Oh, so you it's know. where you it's where Wait, you Wait, are just, you offering? Yes. You close you close your eyes, you lay in a starfish position and you imagine yourself yeah. getting railed. Wait, you don't, you, you, ma- you don't actually no. do it. No, that's wait, stupid. Wait. No, you. What if to. I? What if I imagine a reality where Kaylin is pegging me? Yeah, that's that. That's, that that's, would be that's your CR. the goal. <laughs> that's my, it's dr. I think. Wait, what is cr? Your, that's your current your reality. reality. You're you're oh. living it, baby. Are you pegging me right now? <laughs> well, not right now. That would be inappropriate what do you do? for our listeners. But what are you doing back there? Regularly, yeah. Hi, welcome to Pass the Brain Cell, the podcast in which we're all pegging each other in like a circle the whole time. Nobody said anything about you pegging anybody, Remy. I don't. <laughs> you weren't invited. I, I unbuttoned my strap on. No, I'm kidding. You can. I was messing around. You can peg me. So, uh, so the Harry Potter thing. Um, Smooth segue. <laughs> Speaking of pegging, the Harry Potter thing is that the, I think that there was, there were some people talking about reality shifting before this, but it really started to like pick up speed and gain popularity because people were specifically shifting into the Harry Potter universe to Hogwarts to fuck Draco Malfoy. Okay. I don't want want this to be real. I would yeah. like to reality shift into a reality where you didn't tell me about that. So, so it's mostly 14-year-olds. And I feel uh-huh. bad for making fun of lonely 14-year-olds, but it's 14-year-olds. But these are these kids are just like... People just want to bone the Harry Potter characters. Uh, Fred and George are also popular ones, I think, for some reason. They're um, not... I don't... They're, those aren't people. They're just, they're twins. They're not people. Their names are, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I thought everybody's name in Harry Potter was like wizardly. Well, yeah, they're Fred and George Weasley. I mean, Harry, yeah, I guess it does count. Anyway, so most TikToks, uh, most of them have this same like sort of conceit to them where they're like, if you haven't shifted yet, you're just not believing in yourself enough. <laughs> like you're just yeah. <laughs> when you like have doubt, the universe can sense it. It literally is. It sounds <laughs> like it, yeah. It also sounds like <laughs> like collective delusion. So it sounds like I, heaven's gate. So it sounds like I've kind of gone over everything there is, right? But um, I am halfway through my notes. <laughs> because cool. God. 
There's so much. Does it get worse? Um, it gets weirder. Okay, that's always good. So, that's always welcome here. I appreciate that. Most of the people, again, we have to remember that they genuinely believe that they are crossing the multiverse to a universe where Hogwarts or I think like My Hero Academia is a big one and the Marvel universe is real. And again, just to clarify, they don't mm-hmm. want to shift into a reality where life is better for everybody else. They just like we're still stuck here. No. With They're pretty COVID. selfish dreamers. Yeah, that's me. what I think I'm they saying. Should watch Sharkway and Lava Girl <laughs> and learn. Dream a better dream. <laughs> they gotta dream a better dream for the collective. They can become good dreamers like Matt. This is some honestly, not to, you know, be the communist transvestite on the mm-hmm. podcast, but this stems from capitalism. I mean, yeah, uh it's it's <laughs> I would say that it's mostly just escapism it it very much has the almost exact same vibes as like wattpad self-insert fan fiction except that they're trying to make it very real but so so because they believe that they're actually shifting realities there are two different like branches of types of shifting one of them is unconscious and the other one is conscious so in one of the (laughs) versions people are like okay I go to sleep, I'll go to my desired reality, and then when I wake up, I'll wake up in bed in my current reality. You know, seems pretty normal. Um, (laughs) But the other one is that I will shift to my desired reality, and my, they call it a clone, my clone will live my life in my current reality for me, so I don't have to do it, and then when I want to go back, I'll go back. That's just disassociation. Uh huh. That's just how I got through my childhood. That's uh-huh. the... <laughs> same hat. <laughs> and also, real quick, so unconscious reality shifting is just dreaming, right? Um, this is I'll get to that. Having dreams. I, I, I'm gonna explain why uh, I'm one thousand percent sure this is just lucid dreaming <laughs> in a yeah. little bit, but um. Actually, my take, uh, this is in my notes right now. So my take is that I think that some of them are lucid dreaming and some of them are just lying. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I do think that it's interesting because I feel like for someone who doesn't have vivid dreams, suddenly having a very vivid dream would feel really weird. So I, I can kind yes. of understand why you would think like, oh, I've shifted to an entirely different reality when you're just having a very vivid dream that you have some control over. But as someone who has lucid dreamed before, it can feel very, very real. Uh, so this is this is where I go into scripting. And this is the part where it becomes a Wattpad fanfiction. Um, okay. So first of all, they script things in like, I cannot die, I cannot feel pain. Um, and then... They also script in things a lot of the time where it's like, I'm used to seeing violence. I cannot be traumatized. Things like that. Because they're like... Jesus Christ. Because they're like, if I shift into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm going to see dead bodies and I'm going to come back traumatized. And I'm like, why would you want to do that in the first place then? Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand. Also, this is, again, just sounding more and more like my childhood. Yeah. (laughs) I can't. I cannot die. (laughs) Um, And they, they script themselves... Uh, this is the part that like makes me concerned because I don't 
like this part where they script themselves and how they look and how they like have been in their the past in their reality and like create a sona for themselves basically and I just think it's really dangerous to be telling like especially young girls like hey if you think that you're ugly just shift into a reality where you're not ugly and you're clone yeah that's a weird as, one as your ugly self in this world yeah that's for sure a weird one for me yeah i gotta say i'm not a fan of that um my advice is just play the sims i can understand how it might feel a little bit nice for like trans kids or kids who just are like super insecure in their body to like want that escapist fantasy but i think indulging in that escapist fantasy can be really dangerous because it's like here teen here you can just get rid of everything you're insecure about bye but yeah i just feel like it it has the same vibes to me as like a lot of tumblr snake oil stuff like the there was, there was, like, that fake disease that made your eyes purple that everyone was romanticizing oh, about. and like fucking, yeah. God, I remember that. And, like, Wattpad fanfiction and just, um, like, everyone clapped stories. <laughs> there is a movie about this called The Fits that I think you would really like. About what? That was really quiet. About, um, just kind of this culture of, like, pretending that something bad is happening Mm -hmm. and that that is a good thing yeah i mean to be fair it's not i don't think that most of the things are necessarily unhealthy especially in a time where we're literally all so fucking traumatized that we're like yeah no for sure let me have escapism for five minutes but yeah i i just feel bad because i i feel like these kids are being lied to Yes, that feels weird. It um, and it's by each also, other. It's not like adults are lying to them as much, right? But. And you know, is that any different than like? Are they going to find a different way to do this no matter what? Like, like when we were in middle school, it was like creepy pastas and SCPs or whatever, and we believed that yeah. shit. You know, it's something that I can, I can understand, um, and so this kind of brings me. This kind of brings me into my next note of, um, yes, I have tried it. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so the, the popular method that I was talking about earlier, the Raven method is, um, basically you're just counting up or down from a hundred while saying affirmations like I am shifting. I am, I am in my desired reality. Um, and, and what was uh, your desired reality, Remy? It wasn't Hogwarts. What was it? Hell's Moving Castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That tracks. <laughs> Let the record show that neither me nor Kaylin are surprised. Not at all. <laughs> Let the record show that it didn't work. But, um, so they, they talk about symptoms that you feel, and these are symptoms that people have felt when trying like lucid dreaming methods before where um you start to feel like weight on your chest or you feel like you're floating or falling or you like get tingly sensations in your body um those are those are feelings of like 
your body falling asleep, but your brain still being conscious that um, people do use in lucid dreaming. So I genuinely do believe that the people who are saying that they are reality shifting, they are lucid dreaming. So I have tried it. It didn't, I just am not patient enough, but um, it does affect my dreams when I do it. So if I try, if I'm like, you know what, let's just try this. Let's see if I can lucid dream tonight. It does affect like some of the imagery and themes in my dreams, but it doesn't, I'm not able to lucid dream because I don't like, I'm not able to fall asleep in that state. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you guys <laughs> what uh, what reality you would shift to if you had to. Oh, interesting. What reality would I shift to? It has to be a fictional um, one because otherwise... It has to be a fictional one? Well, you can't just say like a reality where, where things are good. I like, was going to say a reality where I'm dead, but... Um... <laughs> 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 what um... Jesus, I don't, I don't know. know if I watch anything where I'd want to shift into that world. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of like positive <laughs> realities in, oh, in media. Fair. Like, I'm not gonna be like, I, uh, yeah, I can't wait to shift into the Neon Genesis Evangelion world. That sounds like a great time. That's sarcasm. It doesn't sound like a great time. Um, Kaylin, I feel like Pride and Prejudice for you, though. Oh, yeah, I would love to live in that time for sure. To be sure, I would love uh, just just script Pride and Prejudice, except it happened to Kaylin. Yeah, um, I, I guess that's the best thing, honestly, that I could think of, or that you. Could I have think decided. Of for me. I have decided, have decided on either Speed Racer or oh, cool. Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim job. <laughs> nice. Specific Rim Jump. <laughs> Pacific Rim is a movie about big old robots that fight big old monsters. I think I would like to be in a big old robot. Okay, that you're the big old robot. I wasn't sure if you would be the big old robot or the big old monster. Ooh, okay. I changed my mind again. Uh-huh. Fi- final answer, monsters versus aliens, but only if I get to be General Ormica. Oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> really good. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um... I don't know. I think I think it'd be fun to I think it'd be fun to reality shift into a reality like look, if I could make the vampire diaries an ideal reality for me where like I could be a vampire, like I like the lore of that show, mm-hmm. I think that would be really fun. I think it'd be cool. I would love that. Um I think that would be fun. But like Basically I want... the question I'm asking is if you could write a self insert fan fiction for anything, what would it be? I think at this point in my life, I'm gonna go with what I said. I think it'd be yeah. really fun to be a vampire. Yeah, that's a good answer. That is a good answer. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, I. That's that's most of what I've got. I does anyone have any <laughs> any other questions? No, I feel like um like you got all your bases covered there. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think I understand enough about this topic. Um, okay, I have a question. How mm-hmm. do I... Can you give us, like, a question or a phrase or something to ask if you succeed in this so we can figure out if we're talking to your clone or if we're talking to you? <laughs> I wouldn't I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't let my clone live my life for me. Yeah, just well, disappear? everybody... Mm-hmm. Right, everybody says that before their clone takes over. You're not so. going to know. 
What if you you're don't not gonna know, know if the clone takes over? What if it's what if you don't? How do you know if you're a clone or not? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really care. That's so fucked up. You don't care. That's... We have to deal with clone Remy forever. Well, that's a that no. is a, a mm, adjusting glasses. That's a ship of Theseus uh, issue that we can get into. Oh my god, that's just like that scene in Wandavision. I'm gonna kill you with a gun. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to what they were saying because they were too sexy. So a ship of Theseus is a philosophical idea that exists outside yeah. of those boring ass Marvel movies. Uh huh. And the idea know. is, and the idea is uh, to ask the question: mm-hmm. If you replace all of the parts of something over time, mm-hmm. so that they look exactly identical to the time that it was created, is it the same object or is it different? Um, my answer to that paradox has always been: uh, Shut the fuck up, nerd. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. Like, who cares? To that question is. All right, well, then you don't care if Remy's a clone or not, so we're good. Exactly. Well, no, I do, but, like, that's okay. different. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay, if Remy okay, is exactly the same. Have you seen the Santa Claus 2? Yes. <laughs> this that's, is different. That's my reasoning. Remy's clone would have the same memories as Remy and the same personality as Remy and the same body as Remy. That's what you uh, Down to the T. Yes, it is because that is the scenario that has been laid out for me. That look, that's it's what you it's think. me, but it's it's exactly the same. Everything is the same except that I I put mustard on my sandwiches. I'm like, it's fine, guys. It's normal. This is what I've always done. So you do have a tell. So that's how we can know. So that's how we can know. Yeah, if I if I start if I even touch a bottle of mustard, shoot me. I'm no, writing don't. this down. Good to know. Because then if I, I will back, shoot you, I if I come back you. and I'm like, and I'm like, wow, that was a great 10 years with Howl Moving Castle. And I come back and you guys have shot my clone. I'm going to be dead forever. Yeah. Because if you so die dumb. in the clone, you die in real life. Exactly. Oh, that sucks. Wait, we'd be killing you too. Yeah. That's, that's a fun. sacrifice I'm willing to make. So just like put them, that's stupid. put them in a little. No, I'm fucking wrong. That's fair. <laughs> Next. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, today, I'm going to be talking about the hit CW TV series, The Vampire Diaries. Um, Remy, when you're editing this, after she says that, can you add in, like, a like a rap air horn sound? Like a... <laughs> uh, no, but I will edit in you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies, I'm taken. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You can cut out... That whole chunk. This has been a mess. You can cut out whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> That's true. Entirely. You could. Hey, Remy. Uh, it seems like you can cut out my heart and just crush it. Whoa. Because uh, just like in Once Upon that. a Time. Oh, I can't wait for the Once Upon a Time episode. Oh, I can't wait. So much to talk about there. <laughs> okay, go on. I'm okay. sorry we keep yeah. interrupting. We're this is go cool. On. This is just yeah. my little intro to the topic. This is for other no, people for sure. who haven't. Who haven't heard about this before so anyways um so one of the biggest parts of the show is the love triangle between the main character elena gilbert and the vampire brothers damon and stefan salvatore and specifically today i'm going to be discussing the ship stelena which is stefan and elena and how they uh took probably the biggest l of any ship in existence <laughs> at least in my experience um 
So, for the listeners, I will also be referring to these ships as Delena, Damon and Elena, and Stelena, Stefan and Elena throughout this segment. So, um, I would advise you to remember what those mean. Um, <laughs> Take some I, notes. Lisa. No, yeah, that's two things. That is paper. two things to remember. <laughs> that is not that bad. That's the same as yours with your little CR and DR. So, um, May I approach the bench? No, I'm not finished introducing my topic. Um, okay. We don't Anyways, have a bench. It's not in lastly, the budget. Please don't talk about a bench. I don't want to get us a bench. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, lastly, I just want to add that uh, I am not giving an unbiased perspective. Uh, <laughs> I am I am a hardcore Delena, and I fucking hate Stefan. So, um, keep that in mind. Uh, also, I know that I know that the whole show, including Delena, is problematic, um, but I'm here to shit on Stelena today, so we're not talking <laughs> about anything else. Okay, For sure. you can approach the bench now, even though we don't have a bench. Hi, uh, y- Your Honor. <laughs> um, is it true that the brothers, Damon and Stefan, have the last name Salvatore? Yeah, that actually is true. Okay, and does that imply that they are of Italian descent? Yes. They <laughs> okay, are so are they? No, no, which, you'll like which, this. Do you want to know what their which, dad's name is? What? Giuseppe. <laughs> okay, what I was actually going to ask. I, I do want to. <laughs> Giuseppe. Giuseppe, your blood. Um, no, I. Oh, God. I do want to make fun of Italians, but that's going to come later. You My can't real do question this. is. That's going to come what? later? My real question is, which one is Mario and which one is Luigi? Um. Oh, that's a great question. Interesting. I I don't know if I I don't know if I have the expertise to answer this because I don't think I know enough about Mario and Luigi. Okay, here's a little crash course. Mario wears a red hat and Luigi wears a green. <laughs> hat. But like, I don't. Whatever. Okay. I would um, give you a good answer to this if you could tell me anything about the personality. The difference is Mario goes, wah, and Luigi goes, wah. You're not. Oh, okay, sorry. You're hey, right. when, uh, hey, Damon hey, is hey, such hey. a... <laughs> when Mario falls off of a cliff, he goes, wah. <laughs> what? <laughs> he doesn't make any noise? No. <laughs> what? No, he I goes, wah. Remy, Remy, you cut out. Oh, yeah, you cut out. So it's you just want me to silent. do it one more time? You went, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> you cut out again. I'm so sick of this. Uh, mm, do you want it your again? Your Honor, I rest my case. Okay. We can discuss this later at the end. I actually, I actually will discuss this. Do you want me to save all questions until the end? Yeah. Well, no, not necessarily, but they have to actually have to do with what I'm talking about. Okay. You can interrupt, but no more Mario and Luigi for now. <laughs> no more right, Mario and Luigi. No All right, more. Your Honor. No off-topic questions. I'm drawing the line. All right, Your Honor. You have to stop the Your Honor thing. I hate it. All right, Your Dishonor. Boom. Oh, that's good. You yeah. fucking got me. Hey, here's what I'm going to say about the American judicial system. Not very honorable to me. Boom. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did they ever say that they were honorable? Like, did they ever claim that? Yeah. Hey. (laughs) Hey. Hey, American judicial system. Uh, Judicate this. 
and then yeah. you fart. Yeah, and then I'm like, rip an epic fart. Yeah. Hey, Hunger Games. Hunger this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're just gonna have to cut out the whole part. Um, no, you have to leave no. that part in. That's <laughs> the part that you need to leave in more than anything. <laughs> Okay, um, my intro was good, though, so we're keeping that. But, um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. our story starts when Elena is beginning her first day of her junior year of high school. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is when it's been a few months since her parents died when their car drove off of a bridge. And, uh, Elena was in the car with them, but she lived, leaving her with severe survivor's guilt. And uh, Stefan, meanwhile, has been stalking Elena during these months because she happens to look exactly like his girlfriend from 1864 (laughs) named Catherine. Um, Who would still be alive. She's a vampire. Are you stupid? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I am. You gotta cut that (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) I'm sorry if that was aggressive, but... No, please (laughs) cut that part. You think this show's called The Human Diaries? Well, I... It's actually called The Delena Diaries, so that was her mistake. (laughs) Um, Please, for me, cut that part out. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should, for me, keep it in. Sure. Wink. Jesus. Anyways, okay. So, Stefan decides that he, quote, has to know her. So, he disguises himself as a high school student and enrolls himself in, like, all of her classes. And, Mm -hmm. uh... As you can see from the start, he's he's a creep. But, like, yeah. this isn't that much weirder than some, like, Edward Cullen-type shit. So you can overlook it a little bit. Like, you can be like, yeah, that's just a, a hazard of the genre. I don't, I don't know which is worse because, like, being like, oh, man, you look just like my hot ex-girlfriend is, is bad. But also, like... Edward Cullen just genuinely liked Bella, but also you could argue that he just was like, oh man, she smells good. She smells so fucking good. <laughs> she smells um, you so know, yummy. I think that's for you to decide, but personally, I think Stefan is worse. Yeah, I would say so, for sure. Um, but, but Bella smelling good is so funny. Mm-hmm. So Elena establishes in the first episode, uh, she actually tells us directly to Stefan, that she broke up with her previous boyfriend, Matt, because there was no passion in that relationship. She she just wasn't feeling it. And um, what's interesting, though, are all of the parallels that exist between Stefan and Matt, which are the first clues to the audience that Stefan and Elena, as a couple, are doomed. Yeah. Um, so... This is subjective, but I'm I'm right, so I don't care. Uh, Stelena mm-hmm. has no passion, so that's the first most obvious uh, parallel there. That it's the same seems thing. Seems like a big one. Hmm. Oh, it seems like a big issue. Yeah, it it is. Uh, For, but also, yeah. Stefan, in an attempt to like impress Elena, decides to join the football team, which Matt also <laughs> plays on. So. <laughs> That's just like embarrassing. He's the same guy. Um, and they're let also. Let me impress you by being mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Let me impress you by being your ex boyfriend. <laughs> so uh, they also are just both boring. They are so fucking boring. Uh, the only difference between Matt and Stefan, honestly, 
is Stefan's crippling addiction to blood that makes him become a serial killer for decades at a time. Uh, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, just how it goes. And can you please, uh, can you please, you've explained this to me before, but can you please explain <laughs> why Stefan is such a pussy when it comes to blood? Like, he's the only one who's like, God, I can't. I, okay, so, like, <laughs> they don't give us that much of an explanation for it in the show, but, um... So, so in season six, for no reason, I hate this plot. I hate this whole thing. But, like, it turned out that their mom was, like, a vampire the whole time. And she got trapped in, basically, these witches put her in a fucking prison because she, like, killed so many people. Because she had the same fucking, like, addiction that Stefan had. So, like, they kind of just imply that that was, like, a genetic thing that he got from her. So cool. Um, but uh, I'm still gonna hold that against him. Yeah, no, I would. I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he. Aside from her, maybe if he was cool and hot, he could get away with. That's it. That's so true. Maybe if he was choosing to kill people, uh, right, like Damon was, then I would be fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I do want to add these are choices that Stefan is making to kill these people. He's not absolved yes. of that. Uh, no, he is an adult vampire. Well, okay. So, meanwhile, just for contrast uh, purposes, um, I would just like to add that Damon does not need to stalk Elena for months to realize that she is not Catherine because he's not a fucking idiot like <laughs> Stefan is. Literally, their first conversation, he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Catherine, because he's not fucking stupid. Right. There's um, a big thing, is uh, the fact that Stelena is built on lies. So at the beginning of the series, <laughs> Stefan is constantly, and I mean constantly, lying to Elena. And he only tells her the truth about things once she's already figured it out. AKA once it's impossible for him to keep lying. Um, so for example, uh, it takes him several episodes and her mostly figuring it out for him to even tell her that he is a vampire. Um, and after this, he- It's not important at all. No, it's not important. Uh, that's not something that you need to know. <laughs> uh, you definitely don't need to know that you as a human are dating somebody who is addicted to your blood and could I kill mean, you. I mean, Also, that the guy you're dating is like a million years old. Not a million, but like, you know, like a hundred I didn't mean literally so. a million. He's literally a million? No. I did not mean literally a million. I know. I know you didn't, buddy. I, I meant literally. I know I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, for Remy then, he's like around 150 years old. Okay, cool. I still need numbers. I need still data. Lot. I'm not going to do the math to tell you because I don't care. Please don't. Anyways, okay. Um, so, so, you know, so she figures out that he's a vampire pretty much and then he tells her he's like yeah i'm a vampire or whatever and then he decides he's not gonna come completely clean about all of the other stuff like stalking her how she looks like Catherine, and all of the other stuff uh she does not learn any of this until she finds in his room a picture of Catherine from 1864 
and freaks the fuck out for good reason. Um, and she ends up getting in a fucking car accident after this. Uh, to be fine. fair, to be fair, I think that Stefan would be able to keep this a secret from me because I think if I saw a picture of someone who looked exactly like me, I wouldn't know. Oh, <laughs> I same. I don't know what I look That's... like. Yeah. So anyways, uh, so then she confronts him about this uh, and is like, why do I look like Catherine? Also, like, are you aware that we're different people? And, uh, <laughs> like, you know, because she has no fucking idea where they stand now. Uh, and so he totally deflects uh, all of this by just deciding to tell her that he was the one who saved her from drowning when her parents' car went off the bridge. <laughs> and, and that he stalked her for months to make sure that she wasn't Catherine. And she's not freaked out by that somehow. Also that, that he saved her and was just like, oh yeah, your parents died. That's yeah. Jesus, like, fuck yeah. that guy, yeah. He, he, okay. He so he sounds that, like, like the villain like, of the show. Your dad begged me to save you first. He was like still conscious or whatever. And I don't understand why he always does this. But just fucking open the door for him and undo his seatbelt so he can swim out. Yeah. But he doesn't do that. He There are two opportunities he has to do that. But he sucks. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't know how to I, undo a seatbelt. So From an outsider stupid. perspective. Well, maybe if he had like... a few months to stock the car, then he would know <laughs> how to undo <laughs> Anyways, uh, then he also decides to tell Elena that she is adopted. Um, so he decides to throw all of that on her all at once, which is cool. Jesus. Um, but like, at least, at least she knows all of that shit now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so already, I, I don't, I don't see the appeal of them. Um, but again, like those are kind of classic, like vampire teen romance genre trope thing you always so. have to have a like you lied to me twist which yeah I think. yeah yeah so it's like i can not fully let it go but like whatever i'm not gonna yeah studies show that lying is sexy that's true actually uh <laughs> it's so hot <laughs> all the studies yeah. show that but uh yeah so um let's Let's talk about the moment that I knew that Stelina was doomed. So this is when I was like, they're, they are not going to make it. Um, so this was season one, episode 19, when Elena is competing in uh, the Miss Mystic Falls pageant. Uh, because like her mom wanted her to or whatever. And uh, so stefan stands her up at the pageant before they have to perform a dance in front of like the entire town so that he could kidnap and eat one of the other contestants because oh, oh uh, he's a really good guy uh he's just the best guy and um so damon has to step in and dance with elena uh oh that's that's hot. to save her from being humiliated in front of literally everyone in their town i cannot stress enough this is a, this is everyone elena knows yeah. Uh anyways, so I knew that when they when they danced together it was over for Stelena, but the real nail in the coffin was at the end of the episode when Stefan fucking assaults Elena in oh a God. scene yeah. that is so fucking scary to me. She like he he like calls her an idiot for like 
Jesus. not being afraid of him. And then he fucking, like, shoves her into a wall. Ew. It's insane. Like, I... That sounds I, like something I, a fucking psycho like him would do. Yeah. You know, it's not, uh... It's not out of character, honestly, but, like, uh... This is the first time we as the audience are seeing this side of him, and I was like, ooh, he's bad. But that's not even, like, bad boy hot. Like, I... I, No. There's a way to write bad boy hot, and that's not it. No, it's not it. That's just unacceptable. And, like, uh... The thing is, is that, like, it's fine, because he's never framed as a villain for doing that. So it's cool, I guess. That's so weird to me because everything you're saying to me sounds like he is the villain. Yeah, you would think. Uh, Damon is the villain of season one, though. In what way? Uh, I mean, like, he kills a lot sexy. of people, but, like, you know, he doesn't assault Elena, so it's Yeah, fine. that seems um, like a bad thing. Yeah. He's not good. I'm not gonna say Damon is good. I, I did not like him at the beginning of the series because he sucks, but... I mean, it, it seems like the very... He, he fits the very, like, low bar of being better than Stefan. Yeah. And from what I've seen of the Vampire Diaries, I feel like he is a good example of bad boy hot. That's so yeah. true. You know what That's I mean? That's so true, bestie. Oh, I know <laughs> what you mean. Because I, like I like a bad boy hot when it's done right, but, like, it's very often done in a way that's just like, haha, isn't it so hot when people are violent? It's like, wait. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I also would, uh, I would, this is off topic and like, you don't have to keep it in, but like for for you guys, just a little treat, but, uh, (laughs) I would just like to add that like, Stefan has no reason to act like the way that he does, but like Damon has had a very like traumatic, shitty, like past and childhood like that not that it excuses things but like you can understand why he would be in a, a pretty evil person at the yeah. beginning of the series like yeah, when i tell you like, this i'm not lying no one until he meets elena has shown that man kindness in his life and from what you've said like he has character development yeah that's also true he does. Stefan does not develop over the course of the show. I, I think I need to do a deep dive into Stefan on his own and how bad he is. <laughs> he sounds um, bad. Please. He does not develop at all as a character. He does not change. Love that. Um, so let's move on to talk about things that, to me, are very obvious things that should tell you this relationship is doomed. But, you know, some yeah. people really loved Stefan and Elena together. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So anyways, yeah. um, in season three, the classic scene where Stefan tries to drive Elena off the same bridge where her parents died. Because he's, <laughs> he's, Is that the I'm on my way to murder Elena one? No, no, that was later. He tries <laughs> to do it several scene. times. He tries to do it several times throughout the series. That's one is enough. Yeah, he like okay in in the later seasons when Elena is in like her coma, he uh he tries to he steals her coffin and tries to fucking throw her off the bridge too. Holy fucking shit! And he's like, she is ruining my life, and I'm like, she's in a coma. What did she do to you? I love the I love the like creepy the creepy poetic thing of him being like she has to die on the bridge her parents he literally said that it would be like poetic or symbolic or something like he said that that's such serial killer bullshit with the like symmetry of her 
dying on that fucking bridge. He's he's literally evil, and uh, he he does not care about traumatizing Elena when he does this. Um, you know, uh, and I would just like to add, like, he does have reasons for doing this, but they do not justify his actions in any way. This is for the Stelena's listening. Stefan tries to drive Elena off of the fucking bridge in an act of revenge against someone else. That does not justify that. There was no reason. (laughs) It wasn't about her, so it's Yeah, no, literally, I I just want (laughs) to specify for people who have made it this far and still ship Stelena, there's no scenario in which that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... So yeah, um, another thing that I think is funny is that uh, the necklace that Stefan gives to Elena at the beginning of the series and comes to represent their relationship, uh, it ends up becoming a Delena motif. So like uh, Elena officially falls in love with Damon when he returns the same necklace to her on her birthday. Like she says that explicitly in the show. So basically, a huge Delena symbol uh, becomes a representation of Delena's love, which I think is funny. Uh, that's, so it's really good. When I tell you they go back and ruin everything Delena ever had, it, it's <laughs> fucking true. Um, there's a scene in season four where Stefan and Elena are uh, making out, and she throws up right afterwards. <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's so funny. Uh, is there a Stelena, reason for her to throw up? Okay, but... like, there is, but, like, at the it's end of the funny. day, the reason is that she's in love with Damon, so, <laughs> so, uh, so do with that what you will. Uh, for the Stelena's listening, uh, I'm right. <laughs> I don't care. They have to live with the that. The Stelena's she, are not still listening. They're not still listening, I know, but I just want to address them. Anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, there's another thing. Somebody pointed this out on, I think, Twitter I saw where uh, it was a scene from season two, which was like the height of Stefan and Elena's relationship where they were like on a trip to Elena's parents' cabin. And then, uh, and and during that scene, Stefan tells Elena like, uh, oh, this is a future memory, you know? Anyways, and in season four, Alina is there again with Damon, and she says, the last time I was here, I was with Stefan. Now that's barely a memory. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're so Ouch. Ouch. No, like, they are not allowed to have anything. Let's see. So these are things that are, like, in uh, kind of, like, the way they tell the story that show that Stelena is like damned like no, yeah. not from, going from, to a, from a writing standpoint even if even if one of the writers was like I really want to go back and make uh Stelena canon it would be bad at this point yes it would uh we'll get to that later I'm very oh, excited no. that you brought that up so uh <laughs> so let's talk about more of those things because there's even more in the way that oh, they good. told the story so these are uh so these are things like how uh, huge moments for Stelena don't even involve Stefan. Like uh, in the season three finale, uh, Elena is forced to pick between Damon and Stefan, and she chooses Stefan in a phone call with Damon. <laughs> Stefan is not involved. 
Like, we don't know when he even finds out about this choice that she made. It's not shown. Um, so, let's see. So, more Stelena moments. That's, that actually... that's so obviously, like, a cliffhanger. Like, oh, maybe. No, like, it's, it it's a Jacob moment. You know she's going to end up with Edward, you know? It's, it's true. Uh, even further... In this conversation with Damon, where she tells him that she's that she's choosing Stefan, she tells Damon that she might have chosen him if they had met first. At which point, they reveal to the audience for the first time that Damon and Elena did meet first, but he compelled her to forget that. Whoa. Like, you cannot make this up. Okay, and also, like, it's, it's so funny to me, the idea of being like, well, if I... If I met you first and you were, if you had dibs, then I might have, like, I, been, no, yeah. I think that that, I think that it just kind of shows that she feels kind of indebted to Stefan, like, yeah. like, it doesn't yeah, seem like she's because that's not a good reason to be with someone. I also think that it's interesting, because, like, I've seen fan bases do this before, where it's, like, the first person who somebody ever, like, interacts with romantically if they don't end up together, people will get mad sometimes. Yeah. And I feel I, like that must be the Stellina's, like, yeah, beef. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, I definitely think that could be it. We'll get to more of that later, because I, I went into some Stellina communities. It was a dark, uh, <laughs> it was a dark session. I did not go undercover this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did do some exploring in the Stelena communities, and I oh, did, so I did try to find out why they, why they will die on this hill. <laughs> um, so let's see. So there's, there's more moments like that throughout the show. There's like, uh, there's the time that Stefan and Damon have to rescue Elena, and uh, when they find her, it looks like for a second that she's going to run into Damon's arms, but at the last second, Stefan steps into the frame. And uh, oh, grabs Elena, so but the camera focuses on Damon and Elena looking at each other while she's hugging him. Like he's <laughs> he is not focused on in this scene in any way. And like yeah, this could yeah. have been a very romantic Stelena moment, but like mm-hmm. it just makes it seem like Stefan is in the way. And yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me that's not like intentional. That's what they meant. Yeah. Um. There's also just times where she will kiss Stefan specifically to make Damon jealous. Like it's insane. I don't. I don't know how people thought Stefan and Elena just, would be endgame. He's clearly an obstacle, right? Like yes, yeah. yes. You've got it. Like it's it's good. It's a good way to cause tension, I guess, to have a love triangle. But like it's it's just clearly not supposed to be. Because I feel like the way that you've been saying talking about Stellina's is that they think that it was meant to be endgame. Yes. Um. And I'll get more to that uh, in a yeah. bit, but sorry, uh, I keep you're jumping right. the gun. So, like, I don't want to say that like the Vampire Diaries isn't like a genuine love triangle because, like, it is. Like, Elena is genuinely very torn uh, between them, and particularly in season three. Um, but like, the show is framed around Delena, and the books are too. At least the ones that I read. I know that the original author of the series. <laughs> said that uh before she got fired or whatever uh she said that uh that the vampire diaries is the story of elena falling in love with damon so like well there you go the stelenas are delusional but let's move on so here's another thing that uh i think is a is a big uh 
I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, it's just, it, it just makes Stelena so bad as a relationship. It, and it just, like, shows how they could never work in the long term. And it's that Stefan just does not understand Elena, like, at all as a person. He does not get her. So, like, first of all, like I said, it takes him months to figure out that she's not Catherine. I cannot yeah. stress enough how fucking stupid he is. Um, and he joins the football team to impress her, like I said, while she, like, rejoins the cheerleading team and she's miserable the whole time. <laughs> that one's kind of sad because so he's she, like... Yeah, she ends up in the same relationship she was in before. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, and then, let's see here. This is a big one. So, like, Stefan thinks that Elena is, like, very weak and fragile and that, like, she can't handle things, uh, which Ew. is not the case. Uh yeah. She's she's super brave and throughout the entire show, uh, she constantly tries to sacrifice herself for her friends. Uh, and she also is like very like emotionally resilient to have lost so many people in her life and like continue on. Like she lost four parents, like her aunt, her surrogate father at one point, like so many people in her life. That's just to name a few. Like, she's been through it. She's not weak. Um, and also, at a point in the show, she starts training in physical combat to be able to defend herself. And she's honestly really good at it. Like, he, he's just completely wrong about her. And this is a huge thing that uh, when Elena becomes a vampire, Stefan, like, thinks that she's become a completely different person. And... Uh, and he's, he's obsessed with trying to find a cure for vampirism for her so that she can go back to being human. Uh, and Elena ends up ending the relationship uh, over this because she feels like he sees her as a broken toy. She literally says that. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's just incapable of loving her when she's a vampire because he, he just can't, like... I don't know. He he's a fucking weirdo. I don't know what else to say about that. Like I I don't understand how it could be fine the whole relationship for you to be a vampire, but the second your partner is, you're like, ew. ew. I don't think I like you anymore. <laughs> like what the fuck? Now that you can defend yourself, I hate you. No, literally. Now yeah. that I don't want to kill you. That was uh, the only thing that was hot for me. <laughs> No, literally, though. I, I don't I don't get that. Um, let's see. So another huge fucking nail in the coffin for Selena is the fact that uh, throughout, like, pretty much most of their relationship, Elena does not trust Stefan, like, at all. I so, wonder like, why. Yeah. No, she has <laughs> he very seems good like such a trustworthy trust guy. <laughs> She's right for this, but... Uh, but yeah, at the beginning of their relationship, uh, it's a huge obstacle that like Stefan won't really reveal much about himself to her and it becomes like a real problem. Like she's uh, upset about it. She's like, I don't know you. And he just is like, I'm not gonna tell you about me. <laughs> uh, actually, what happens you should, is she, You should trust me anyway. Like, no, literally. She's like, 
you should like tell me more about yourself and Stefan is like is this because of Damon (laughs) he's like what did Damon say to you and she's like this is not about Damon and he just keeps making it about Damon somehow he's insane uh and then I think she ends up apologizing to him about it of course yeah let's see um, so throughout the third season, uh, Elena explicitly states that she does not trust Stefan, which is for, again, good reason, considering he tries to kill her the same way her parents died on that <laughs> fucking bridge that he's obsessed with. Um, Multiple times. Yeah, literally. Um, and then when Elena is becoming a vampire in season four, she doesn't trust Stefan to help her through her transition, and she's kind of constantly lying to him. Um, during this, like, she goes to Damon when she's having problems, uh, and she won't tell Stefan about that. Yeah, it seems like, uh, seems like this, uh, this Stefan guy is not a good partner. Yeah, it seems like, uh, there's no trust there. Yeah, and it also seems like she's already, like, with Damon. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, basically. So, we need to talk about Catherine for a second. Um, so I just want to add that, uh, a a big reason that I think, uh, Selena is, uh, bad and doomed is because they, they have no buildup before they get together. Like, they're forced together very quickly in the series. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very fast. And this means that Stefan is not able to have any closure from his relationship with Catherine, like, before he's with Elena. Like, he thinks that Catherine is dead uh, for a good amount of the first season, which is untrue. And so, like, he doesn't have time outside of his relationship with Elena to reckon with that. He doesn't have time to, to get over Catherine like Damon is able to. Um... And uh, I think that this is why in season five, Stefan ends up going back to Catherine because I don't think he was ever really over her. Yeah, uh, I could have told you that. Yeah, I think he was totally just projecting his feelings for Catherine onto Elena. There's no other yeah. reason why he would stalk her. It's uh, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate Stefan. Um, so... Obviously, we got the Delena Endgame, uh, yeah. but this is yeah. not enough for the for the Stelenas. They still think, uh, you know, they should have they should have been together. But uh, but our ultimate win was that we got the Endgame. So Elena and Damon, uh, they become human together, and they get married. Uh, he rebuilds her family home that burned down for her. Uh, she becomes a doctor like she dreamed of, and they also, in the spinoff legacies, are confirmed to have at least two kids, and one of them uh, we know is named Stephanie, and uh, Stefan is dead. Stelena <laughs> is beyond over at this point, and uh, one of the funniest things is that uh, the timeline for the finale, I don't understand. Uh, I've only I've only watched it once, and I'm not going to watch it again, so... Uh, so maybe maybe this makes sense to people who've seen it more than once. But to me, the timeline of the finale made no sense whatsoever. And I don't understand how they are able to have this conversation. But Stefan 
is able to talk to Elena before he dies, question mark. Uh, and he tells Elena that he is dying. And the first thing that she says is, so Damon's okay? it's so funny god that's so rough (laughs) that guy's down bad no literally Uh, like i i I hate to keep comparing this to twilight but it's the only like really no you can love triangle that i can think of and like this is this doesn't even come close to like bella and jacob because like i still don't think that twilight has a good love triangle but, like, at least Jacob didn't try to kill her. No, literally. Yeah. That's the bare fucking minimum, though, honestly. So, I do want to talk about uh, something that the Stalinas love to bring up. So, I'm going to call this the Nina Dobrev scapegoat. So, yeah. Nina Dobrev, who plays Elena, left the series after season six. And so her character was in a coma for two seasons, basically. And the <laughs> Stelenas will blame her leaving the show for the Delena Endgame. Uh, nothing else really? that I've presented to you. They, no, none of the other yeah. textual evidence that's right no, before their eyes. That doesn't matter. So they yeah. say that the writers wanted Stefan and Elena to end up together. But Nina left the show, so they had to keep Delena because that was who was together at that time. And uh, I would just like to say this argument doesn't hold water because, firstly, they knew that Nina's contract was for six years the whole time. And they knew way ahead of time that season six would be her last season. Like, it's not like they didn't know. And if they wanted to do... Do you think they're just writing this on the spot? Like, uh, this this next season, we're going (laughs) to... They're like like the supernatural writers. Anyway... No, it's so fucking funny. Like, they're acting like they didn't have enough time to figure out if if they wanted Stefan and Elena to end up together, they could have done it. They had a yeah. full season to yeah, do Yeah, they this. had plenty of time. Uh, since Yeah, they had plenty of time. They had, they had as much time season. to make Stelena Endgame as they did to make Delena Endgame. They didn't. Yeah. Um, and they had she the did. perfect setup for this at the beginning of season six because, uh, because at the beginning of that season, Damon is dead and Elena has had basically all of her good memories of him wiped from her mind and Stefan is not with anyone at this time. So <laughs> Stefan and Elena could have gone back together if that was what the writers really wanted, but um, that's not what they wanted to do. That's obvious. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, and the other thing is like realistically, he's still Stefan. <laughs> So, he still smells. Even if your memories are wiped, it's going to be hard to like make that work. No, I agree. Um, I don't understand how Elena doesn't fucking hate Stefan. I don't get it. But uh, but yeah, they they still they don't get back together. Uh, so for the Stelinas listening, I know that none of you are, but if you are, Delena one, get over it. stop blaming nina dobrev for it so now i want to talk about what i like to call delena the musical uh yeah i watched that uh, with you you did watch that with me (laughs) it was a good time (laughs) in my opinion um but yeah so uh in the second spinoff of the vampire diaries uh called legacies there's a musical episode that is based on the original series the vampire diaries and uh 
Mind you, this is four years after the show has ended, and they're still making Stelena lives harder. Um, so <laughs> in one of the musical numbers, they just fucking crush Stelena. So uh, the, the song is from Elena's perspective, and it literally goes, uh, you can think about Stefan because he's your boyfriend. You can think about Bonnie. She's such a great friend. You can think of anything you want. Just don't think about what you want because then you'll think about Damon. Which just shows that Elena was already in love with Damon during the peak Stelena period. And, yeah. uh, and that the Vampire Diaries writers will not let Stelena's have anything. Yeah, I love that the Stelena thing is already dead and they're still just kicking. Them. Yeah, four years later, they are still, they are still killing it. Um, so, like, if I were a Selena, which I would never be because I have taste, uh, I would have gone into hiding, changed my identity, fled the country. Yeah. Because that that's is embarrassing. so fucking... Yeah, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. Like, it's... It's it's too much for me, honestly. But, um, okay. So now... So, we're gonna talk about why people still ship Selena. And this is what I have observed okay, in the Selena communities, uh, particularly on Twitter, but I've also seen a bunch of shit from them on Reddit because, like, everybody on the Vampire Diaries Reddit is a Stelena. God knows now why. You, you don't need to be modest. I know that you have done legitimate undercover journalism work. <laughs> I have, but not for this. You've been in the trench. You've been in the trenches. I have been in the trenches. That is true. Um, so... I still will never understand why people ship this. And uh, I think that you guys understand why I will never understand at this point. But mm -hmm. um, I think that the number one reason that I've seen is that Stelena shippers really fucking hate Damon and they really love Stefan. And, yeah, that uh, seems like... Yeah, that's... Yeah that's most of it um that's the whole thing and they're either indifferent to elena or they just fucking hate her so they don't care what, yeah it what seems she like she's not a part of it to them which is weird because it's most of the abbreviated name is elena yeah it's like who who gets to win her no yeah. literally that's how they treat it uh yeah. based on based on what i've seen disclaimer this is what i've seen anyways um so they they think that Stefan is a better person than Damon, which, as we've discussed, uh, he's a serial killer. So that point yeah. means nothing. Uh, anyways, um, a big argument that they like to use is that Stefan respects her choices, implying that Damon doesn't, which is not true because, because like, Stefan will respect Elena's choice if it is to die. He is fine with Elena dying. <laughs> But when she chooses Damon, no fucking way. He does and not. And she chooses to be that. a vampire, right? She or does I guess not she choose, choose but to be like... a vampire. She becomes a vampire because he decides to let her drown by respecting her choice. <laughs> Oof. So, uh, so, so they can fucking live with that. Uh, kind of like what we were just talking about. Uh, they think that Stefan loved Elena more than Damon did, which isn't true, but. They don't care who Elena loved more, so uh, so even even if hypothetically Stefan loved Elena more than Damon did, it doesn't matter because she chose Damon. Yeah, uh, she has the she has the autonomy here. 
<laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and uh, there, there's a lot of this kind of like, I don't know, acting like Elena owes Stefan for the way he feels about her oh, or lucky. like certain actions. Like, um, like they really are obsessed with this one episode where Stefan was able to resist compulsion for her. He was compelled to kill her and he like didn't. Um, which wow. again, so heroic. So no, yeah, literally they are obsessed with that. Uh, and so, uh, it just comes across to me like they think Elena owes him for not killing her. Yeah. <laughs> and that she should she should just stay with him for that. Um, I mean, he has been not killing her for a really long time. And it's about <laughs> time that she started paying up. He's been not <laughs> killing her for a really long time, regardless of how much he tries. So. <laughs> so kind of like you mentioned first, I think that some of them are probably young and I hope that they're young and immature for thinking like this, but, like, they think that because Stefan and Elena were together first, like, they can't imagine seeing them with anyone else. Yeah, I feel like, I I don't want to, like, assume, but I I can draw a line to that in, like, purity culture pretty easily. Interesting. Because I see that a lot in fandom where people are like, well, they were together first, so they're meant to be, and it's like, it That's feels not. like a like a one true love type of yeah thing. that does seem like a... and you know yeah. what's funny is that uh selena shippers will often say like oh elena and stefan had a really pure true love <laughs> and delena is only about sex oh my uh, God. and i would just like to add fruit the Stelena's listening uh if two adults who are in a relationship want to have sex and that's a problem for you i don't know what to tell you but (laughs) seek help (laughs) it's a problem it's a big problem for them so like there's a plot in the show as well where like they they like reveal that the universe is apparently drawing stefan and elena together for reasons that are outside of the scope of this podcast um yeah and uh (laughs) And so they think that, like, Stefan and Elena are, like, soulmates because of this, even though she literally calls Damon her soulmate, but whatever. Um, and and they think that that meant that they should have been endgame. But I've also seen other Stelenas try to discredit the universe theory, and they'll be like, no, Stefan and Elena really fell in love in spite of that. So, like... I almost feel like some of it is like they shipped uh Delena at for or like Stelena at first and then they like they just can't admit that it was wrong. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Like I f- I feel like there's some stubbornness there because I I genuinely like there there are certain love triangles like I'm not a person who is ever like super harsh on on like this is the right answer for the love triangle but i feel like in this scenario it's really weird to be like well um the writers wanted this like that part is weird and like weird stubbornness you know what i mean yeah like if they did say that i would just i i haven't seen 
anything where the writers actually said that because they claim that the writers did say that Stefan and Elena were supposed to end up together, but it's like Nina Dobrev's fault. If they did say that, uh, they first of all fucking suck for blaming Nina Dobrev when that was yeah. not her fault. And second of all, they are liars. They lie all the time. They said that they had Stefan and Caroline's relationship planned since season two. That is a lie. <laughs> that is a fucking lie. That is the most horribly put together relationship I've ever seen. They did not plan that. It's like, that. oh, these our two main characters are single. Do we? Uh, no, uh, no, literally. Is, is that what it was? No one except for Caroline at that point in the show likes Stefan, so they just had to shove him with her. That's what happened. God. But, um, anyways, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they 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 have to lie to themselves a lot so they can sleep at night or something. Like I said, they think that Stefan is better than Damon for no reason. Uh, I would just like to add that it is okay to think critically about the show, and just because Stefan says that he's the good brother and that he's a good person, that does not mean that it's true. Yeah. No, everyone who's ever said they're a good person is. Oh, you're it right. It does seem like um like the main reasoning behind Stelena is just like a lack of understanding how to <laughs> stupid baby duty understand. Brains. Yeah, I was trying to put it nicer, but like yeah. You're right. Just people who like don't understand that sometimes people say things that aren't real. Yeah, they uh I, I feel like a lot of the ones that are teenagers uh like will probably grow to just not care but aren't a lot of the ones that you've been interacting with like grown-ass adults a lot of the ones on at least twitter a lot of them are adults um um but yeah so at the end of the day i think that a lot of stelena's not not every single one obviously some of them are like 14 i was 14 once um i was not a stelena but um I think that a lot of them are honestly just misogynists who think that Elena owes something to a man who stalked her and forced himself into her life. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. And I don't know what else to say except fuck those people. Yeah. What is it? What's up? I'm sorry. I forgot a part of one no, of my please. slides. Can I throw it in and you can please. put it there? Okay. So this with is the magic uh, of editing. when Elena breaks up with Stefan. He begs a character a different character i don't i don't need to go in depth on this but he begs a different character to wipe his memories of elena because it's like too painful for him that she broke up with him and elena's like why the fuck would you want to do that like she can't understand why he would want that until damon dies in the season five finale and elena cannot live without him so she has her memories wiped of him yeah it's sad but uh yeah she gets them back so it's cool well that's good yay yeah it's it's a it's a good time that makes it worth it also also damon and elena they they get to fall in love again i think the real villain of the vampire diaries is what zero pussy did to the salvatore brothers (laughs) that's so true (laughs) um oh lastly i saw someone on i think it was reddit um, but they pointed out that Damon and Elena talk about Stefan like he's their son. And I have not been able to stop thinking about it. <laughs> and then they, they name their daughter after him, too. Yeah, they do. They name her oh Stephanie. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I forgot to add. I just think this is funny, but the Stelenas, a lot of them, uh, they think that Stefan is the main character. It's weird. Do you want to know why? I do want to know why. Their reasoning for this is because he has the opening monologue at the beginning of the first episode. So that means. Okay, so again, it's just like we're talking about people who don't understand how to consume media. Yes, we are. We are talking about children here. We are talking about like little babies. Them, but there's a lot of adults too. I don't want to. I don't. We're talking about like just shitting on kids. (laughs) But I would also like to add, when I was a kid, I was still right. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, yeah. You can be a kid and stupid. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I wouldn't know what that's like, but that's true. We're talking about people who don't get the kilogram of steel, kilogram of feathers thing. <laughs> but it's steel. Steel is heavier, than, is heavier feathers. than feathers. Doesn't make sense. But he had the opening monologue. No, that's literally them. And I would like to. Ask but he you, talked the first. Monologue is it's about Elena. Yeah, that's how it works. Whatever character talks first in a show, that's the main character. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Lucy, did you have anything? I do have a little something. And Give us a little something. I'm glad that we, you know, have most of an episode already because this is going to be a short one. Give me a little, give me a little but, taste of it. Yeah, I'll give you guys a little segment. Uh, the segment that I'm emceeing today is just like a brief collection of um, some of my, some of my favorite of David Bowie's gayest lyrics. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So obviously, we gotta start with Velvet Goldmine because that's really peak gay David. It's already, Bowie. it's already it's, gay. It's called Velvet Goldmine. But let's just jump into verse two. Um, you make me act real gone. You make me troll along. I had to ravish your capsule, suck you dry, feel the teeth in your bones, heal your head with my own. Uh-huh. Why? If I don't have you whole, is that your final love? I don't like Capsule. Notable really here is that the way that he sings, it sounds like he's saying, if I don't have your whole. <laughs> uh, the Velvet Goldmine's a butthole. Yeah, I figured that was a... I was actually going to ask if that was a butthole, but I thought I was yeah, yeah. stupid. Well, here, let me read the chorus to you. Velvet Goldmine, you stroke me like the rain. Snake it, take it, panther princess, you must stay. Velvet Goldmine, naked on your saying. chain. I'll I've be never, your king volcano. I've listened to that song a lot, and I've never been able to know, understand what he was saying. Yeah, he's chorus. saying some gay-ass shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is an obvious one, but uh, I just have to mention Rebel Rebel for the crowd who's oh, not big David Bowie fans. Um, this is an anthem specifically about androgyny um, for the time, but also really like trans non-binary anthem now that we think about it in hindsight. Huh. Uh, my favorite is uh, the opening, You've Got Your Mother in a World. She's not sure if you're a boy or a girl. Uh, hey, babe, your hair's all right. Hey, babe, let's go out tonight. Uh, and of course, uh, you've torn your dress, your face is a mess. How could they know? Hot tramp. I love you so. Um, 
the just he constantly goes back and forth between feminine and masculine to describe the person he's in love with here and eventually settles on not really giving a shit which i think is cute yeah i think it's cool because what is gender in the face of getting your dick sucked um what is gender twenty dollars is twenty dollars yeah um okay here's a good one uh another favorite of mine is queen bitch uh, which is a description. Uh, the whole song is a description of him watching a guy leave his hotel room and hitting on a girl and being jealous. Um, I'm up on the 11th floor and I'm watching the cruisers below. He's down on the street and he's trying hard to pull sister flow. Oh, my heart's in the basement. My weekend's at an all time low. Cause she's hoping to score. So I can't see her letting him go walk out of her heart, walk out of her mind. Oh, not her. She's so swishy in her satin and tat in her frock coat and bipperty bopperty hat. He's British. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) and the best part of the chorus oh god I could do better than that because David Bowie knows that he's hotter than any bio queen what I really like about queer expression before we had words for queer things like I I love that we have words for things now but I love that queer expression before we had words for things was just like I like like people I'm a person I think I don't don't know man yeah for sure it's just very like fluid and open and and exploratory, and I think that's fun. yeah. Um, what else do I have pulled up? Okay. Oh, I have uh, a much meaner spirited song that is still really queer. It is cracked actor from Aladdin Sane. Um, I'm just gonna get in the chorus here, and uh, I'll let you guys jump to get your own conclusions there. with the metaphors. Uh, mm-hmm. Crack baby, crack. Show me you're real. Smack baby, smack. Is that all that you feel? Suck, baby, suck. <laughs> Give me your head before you start professing that you're knocking me dead. A fun story about this song is that uh, the original line was "Give me some head," but that is where the studio drew the line and said that it was too explicit. Damn. <laughs> they're, like, they're like David. <laughs> David, how could you? And then he's like, nothing tra-la-la. Nothing tra-la-la. Oh, also in this song, you caught yourself a trick down on Sunset and Vine, but since he pinned you, baby, you're a porcupine, which I think is fun. And last but not least, I want to talk about my favorite David Bowie song, Lady Stardust, uh, which is on the B-side of Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars, my favorite album. The best album. The best album. Lady Stardust is a tribute to Mark Bolin, who started the glam rock craze and was both David Bowie's friend and inspiration. Hmm. Lady Stardust is another song about androgyny. Mark Bolin famously wore a lot of makeup and and looked like just a little twink on stage. Um, And the whole song is about how uh, boys and girls want to fuck Mark Bolin and that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, people stared at the makeup on his face, laughed at his long black hair, his animal grace. The boy in the bright blue jeans jumped up on the stage. Lady Stardust sang his songs of darkness and disgrace. Oh, I like that. Femme fatales emerged from shadows to watch this creature fare. Boys stood upon their chairs to make their point of view. I smiled sadly for a love I could not obey. Lady Stardust sang his songs of darkness and demay. 
That's really that. That one's just nice. That one's just that like, one's just really nice. It's a really yeah. good tribute to his friend who got killed in a car crash. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why I laughed at that. It's not funny, but <laughs> I didn't think that we you thought it was funny. We have the past the brain cell podcast, which is like to say that we do not think <laughs> death by a car crash is funny at all, <laughs> unless it's on purpose. Oh, unless Stefan Salvatore's doing it, <laughs> then it's funny. And it's fine to do. That's all I got for my segment. I just thought that it would be fun to have a little poetry jam at the end of yeah. our podcast. That was good. That was interesting. Thank you. I would have never heard that otherwise, honestly. Yeah. Um, I have another broader David Bowie topic planned for another episode, but... Um, oh, exciting. Yeah, Jesus. I like David Bowie a lot. David Bowie is... The thing that always brings me back to him is his versatility, I think. Hmm. Which is why... Yeah. I have multiple Bowie-based topics planned out that I don't think are going to be boring. Anyways, yeah, I I've like always David Bowie. I've always liked that he just like does whatever he feels like doing in the moment, and then he does it well, and it's just like yes. cool. In both sonic expression and gender expression, he just kind of okay. did whatever he wanted. Also, um, you already know that labyrinth is my is is my movie yeah well the listeners at home don't know this the listeners at, for the listeners at home um i like i like the puppet movie where david bowie wears tight pants yeah what about the listeners who aren't where you can home? where you can see his capsule oh <laughs> you can see full capsule yeah full capsule yeah <laughs> i always wonder if he padded for that movie I don't think so. I don't think you would. No. Although I do think... No, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get into, into David Bowie's dick. dick right now. But I... There's no way it functioned like 100% right. Is what I will say. Um. Also, before we go, um, I think that uh, I wanted to give... Because... I wanted to give some context that, like, some of us on this podcast have are, like, normal people with, like, normal lives and wanting normal jobs, and they don't want to share these things. But, like, follow me on TikTok and Twitter <laughs> at Lunar Drool if you, oh, yeah. you want to give me attention, because I'm not normal. And, yeah, Lucy, if you have anything you want to promote. Um, well, my name is Lucy. Um, and, uh, I have every social media, I will be under, um, the at macchiato underscore punk, uh, but it also will probably be under my first and last name, Lucy Conrad, so it's whatever. Um, but I also want to promote my, uh, art projects Instagram, um, that will be lady.like.zine, Z-I-N-E, um, which is an account I have for a, uh, what was initially meant to be uh, a twice a year thing, but so far it's just been a yearly thing. That's a little art scene that I put together with some of my artist friends. Uh, and I'm very proud of the work that we've done on it. I'm very proud of the work you've done on it. I'm also Thank very you. proud of the work you've done on it. Oh, you guys. <laughs> it's almost like I support you and love you and like the things that you do and think they're cool. You, you support you guys. and love her? Yeah, I guess. Kaylin doesn't. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> it's kind of fruity. No, I only beg you. 
fuck me. That's the point. Yes. Oh. Zing. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Oh, man. I wish, I wish so bad that we could use uh, Coffee Art and Music because I really would love our outro song to be uh, Toss Salad and Scrambled <laughs> Oh, my God. That'd be so good. God damn it. Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Can we just uh, choose two other food items? Uh, yeah. Uh, sushi and coffee. Sushi and coffee? That, oh, that's that's you. That's me. That's my That's thing. you, though. That's your brand. Mine would be sushi and coffee, yeah. What, well, what, your brand what, uh, is actually I mean, sushi and ketchup. No, that was that was a bet. That was one time. It wasn't We're a gonna, bet. We should fade out the no, audio. No, you did that. No, here. you just did it. I don't remember that. It wasn't you a just bet did at all. It. Wasn't a bet. Uh, why did I do that? You chose it for yourself. We couldn't tell. Hey guys, that. am I Lady Gaga from A Star Is Born? Because why did I do that? <laughs> am I Steve Urkel? Because did I do that? <laughs> no, I know I did it. I just don't know why. <laughs>